Good afternoon. This is Chicky Fitzgerald with the Executive Girlfriends Group, and it is Thursday, May 14th, 2015, and I am coming to you from Club Med in Port St. Lucie, Florida. We have a terrific interview lined up for you today, and we have with us the CEO and founder of Women in the Boardroom, Sheila Ronning. Sheila, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Sheila, I would love to hear just a little bit about about your background. I know you have have been uh, working with this organization uh, for quite a long time, but what did you do before you founded Women in the Boardroom? Well, I worked at Best Buy um, when it was a much smaller company than it is today. So I worked in you know corporate America, worked for some small startups, and then in '96, I um, actually that's when I first started my business was as a sales marketing and PR consultant. Great, great. And Sheila, you have been recognized uh, by some, some pretty incredible organizations. Enterprising Women Magazine rec- recognized you as the Enterprising Woman of the Year, and uh, you've been featured in the Wall Street Journal and Forbes Women and, and just a number of, of uh, really impressive publications. What is it about this topic? that really garners the press attention? Well, I mean, many different things, and it's changed so much over the years, right? I mean, when I started this 13 years ago, nobody was talking about this in the media. Nobody was talking about this period, right? And thank goodness now it's changed, um, where it seems to be a hot topic in the media all the time. But, you know, some people focus on the percentage of women that are serving on boards, but that research is typically only done in the Fortune 500. Um, And I think companies are realizing, too, that it's really good to have that diversity of thought on their board of directors. I mean, anytime you you see a smart company um, that's doing really well, you can look at their board and there's that diversity of thought there, which means, you know, it's the the gender, the the race, the skill set, and the age. Right. So what, what you're doing now is, is connecting influential women uh, with the tools and, and the people that they need in order to succeed. And, and right. so you're positioning folks. Do you focus primarily on public company boards or also private and nonprofit? I focus on any board that's going to pay women. I always have no desire to help women volunteer one more minute of their time. They do right. a really good, great, great job of on their own. Um, so no, our our focus is on those, you know, paid board seats, which are those corporate boards. But that's right. you know, public, private, but then also uh, for-profit advisory boards, which is a really great place for women to start as well. And that's just you know, for-profit advisory boards and the private companies. I find a lot of different groups are not even talking about those, and the media only wants to focus on the public companies. So they're really, you know, we need to continue to get that message out there to women that there are these other options as well. Right. Well, you know, it's funny. When when we look at uh, any topic where we're singling out women, uh, I know some people bristle at that, and even some women, uh, quite frankly, bristle at putting women for the sake of having women, I'd love to hear from you about uh, kind of the the art, science, and black magic uh, of what happens 
when you increase the number of women uh, or the percentage, as you say, on the board or even amongst the leadership team. Do you have some statistics you could share with us? You know, I will tell you, I'm not a big quota statistical type girl. I, I don't want to sit around and talk about those numbers. And it, to me, it's it's such a bigger picture of, you know, when we sit around and we're talking about, oh, um, you know, we know if you put more women on your board, you're going to make more money. If you have more women in leadership, you're going to make more money. You'll have a more well-rounded company. All of those are, if people want to understand that, there's all the article and all, all the articles and all the research that is done on it. What I want to focus on is helping women get there. I want to help them take the action steps where they can just get up and go get it. So that's what I want to focus on is helping those women take the action steps to go get it themselves. With We're called women in the boardroom. That does not mean we hate men. We love men. I have right. men speaking at my events. I have men serving on my advisory boards. I believe in diversity of thought. So we're not anti-men. We're not into shaming companies if, they're not, if they don't have women serving on their boards. We're all about helping these women realize what it takes to get there. And a lot of times with women – you know, we have so many um, different qualities that are so great, you know, different from men, but we also have the the issue of feeling the need to check every single box before we go for it. And I will tell you a little bit of research on that, is that women, you know, the research is out that shows that women, we think we need to check 100% of those boxes, and the men, and the men in that research, it says they only needed to feel like, they only need to check 60%, which, frankly, I think is maybe even a little high for them. So I want women to realize that they're good enough how they are. They don't need to go get another degree. They don't need to go and take a two-week um, you know, board qualification course. So women need to understand their, their, you know, the senior-level executive women that we're working with are board qualified. They are board ready, and it's just helping them you know, with their board documents, their professional profile, um, you know, their board bio, and really helping them dig in and work their network. doesn't mean going right. out and meeting 50 new people a month, but, you know, it's learning how to also ask for help because women don't like right. to do that either. So what is the definition of board red? Well, I mean, you have – there are certain skill sets that you have to have. There are certain experiences that you have to have, right? And – for everybody, it's different. For every board, what they need it is different. But for our program, you do have to be a senior-level executive woman in corporate America, or you have had to have been. We wouldn't take, um, you know, we don't go by titles because every company's titles are so different from right, each other. Right, right. You know, I mean, an MD at PwC is way different than it is at Citibank, right? So yeah. we don't go by titles. It's about your experiences. And so, you know, with our VIP program, you know, I'm I'm checking you out before we even have that conversation to make sure you qualify for that program. Right. Right. One of the things I, I have found interesting uh, because I have, as a, I've had a consulting firm for 19 years, and so it is not unusual for me to be hired by a board of directors, uh, you know, to do work for them on a project basis. And the observations that I have made amongst the boards that I have worked with is they don't tend to have any entrepreneurial thinkers on the board. 
because of that traditional requirement to have had a senior executive role in a larger type of, of company. And mm-hmm. so I, I'm curious as, as to your sense of that. Is there a role for someone who has been a leader in an executive role in, in a, a company, but, you know, perhaps 10 or 15 years ago they made the decision to go out on their own and and have been uh, working in an entrepreneurial environment. Is there a place for that type of a woman? Because many of our, our members on the Executive Girlfriends Group uh, worked in corporate America for many years but have decided that uh, they'd yeah. rather be in control of their own destiny. Right. Well, yes, absolutely. And, of course, you and I know as entrepreneurs that we do everything. <laughs> yes. And, you know, so we're, we are checking all those boxes. But, it, yes, absolutely. And the good news is is that, um, oh, and so, you know, we're not a search firm or a placement firm. Um, right. So we're not charging, you know, for, um, you know, the placements and the, all those different things that search firms do. So when we, you know, years ago we were we were an event company that we did in 15 cities. And, you know, last four years we've, we've reshaped things to work more one-on-one with those women and, you know, help mm-hmm. them walk them through that process. But when I switched it from being that event organization to that membership platform and really just focused on the senior-level executive women, we started getting in all these board openings. So in the last two years we've received more, you know, like around 60 board openings in the last two years. Oh, wow. But my point with that, yeah, my point with that is that it's so exciting to, as an entrepreneur, um, that in the last, um, couple of years, I, I think there's been maybe, you know, 10 to 15% of those that have, you know, listed out the skill sets they're really looking for. And they've also put, you know, and someone who is entrepreneurial, which I think is really fantastic. Yes. Well, yeah. I'm glad to hear that because, it's, yeah. you know, it, it frustrates me again that, that uh, I can get hired by the board at a company to come in, but you know, for the most part, when they have board openings, they're you know they're looking for folks who've who've worked for uh, major companies. So I know, but I got to tell you, Chicky, that you it's all about your positioning, how you're positioning yourself, right? right. If you have those board documents that are really um, focused on what your achievements are over the years, yeah. and and the conversations you're having with them, again. Women don't like to ask. I say we always assume people know. So maybe those clients of yours, <laughs> you're right. maybe you've never told them. Right. So can you educate us a little bit on the different types of boards? We we talked a little bit about for-profit, non-profit, and, and public and private. Are there other classifications? So if I decide I want to be on a board of directors as one of my goals uh, for next year, um, how do I decide what's the right type of board for me? So it's not just am I the right person for them, what's the right one for me? Yeah, well, absolutely. Um, you know, it's typically if you have experience in working in one of those types of companies, and that's usually what you're going to go for, right? And we're just yeah. talking about your first one because once you get your first one, you know, say your first one's a privately held company because – you know, you might have, you could have worked in a, a public company. Maybe it was a, you know, you weren't in the C-suite in that public company for whatever reason. I mean, you might start out with that privately held company board. But, I mean, private companies can be, you know, small startups. I mean, all then you could, you know, be at a Cargill, which is a privately held company board, which is, you know, ginormous, right? So there's lots of different options in between. 
Um, I think it's just you need to figure out what your skill set is and what skill sets the boards need. So, you know, when you're serving on a public company board, typically what your job is, um, it's all about corporate governance. And when you're serving on a privately held company board, it's more about strategy. Right. Right. So I know we've heard a lot about um, the liability of being a corporate director. Does that vary from public to private, or are oh, absolutely. corporate yeah. director's responsibility is the same across the board? No, I mean, the, yeah, I mean, you have, you know, make sure that whatever board you're on has, you know, DNO insurance, you know, directors and officers insurance. Right. And, but you also need to really think about the risk to your reputation, so, which cannot be covered under insurance, by the way. So you need to make sure that you're doing your due diligence on that company, right. other board directors, and senior management before you even accept that position. And make sure it's a good fit. Right. Right. So, you know, that, that begs the question. So you, you take the job, right? You, you yep. serve on the board. You, you do your responsibilities as you have contracted to do, and then you find out something that just is a huge red flag. So how do you exit a corporate board? Yeah, well, I mean, very carefully, of course, right? But, I mean, i got to tell you, I focus more on how to get there in the first place <laughs> rather than how to get off. I mean, we're not really having that problem, you know? Um, good, the focus good. is more about That's getting on. Here. But, yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. I mean, I have worked with some of our VIP members who – you know, they're like, oh, my gosh, this company is now, you know, in financial dire straits. They're not moving forward. And, you know, um, what can I do? So, I mean, I, I'm able to connect them. I have a huge network from over the years of all these, you know, 300 directors that have spoke at our events and are always wanting to help these women out. But for that particular person, I said, you know, why don't you go back to – the chair of the board and have a very open conversation with him. And, you know, at the end of the day, you just, you need to just be open and honest about everything and, and keep, you know, you don't want to burn that bridge. Right. And, you know, she ended up having a really great conversation with him. And I talked to her just the other day and she said, Oh my gosh, we left on such good terms that, um, you know, if they do turn around, if think, you know they're able to turn it around in the next couple of years, they've asked me if I would come back. But they completely understood mm-hmm. why why I left, and you know, um, there's absolutely no hard feelings. And you know, I made sure it was, you know, clear that if there was anything I could help them with, I would. Um, but yeah, I mean, so it's you know, it's not so easy to get off either because you have to remember it's. I mean, it, and that one is a private company that I'm talking about, but the public ones, I mean. You cannot leave a company when they're in crisis mode if it's a public company, by the way. You, right. you could be sued at that point, um, you know, for not staying and, do, you know, and doing your job. Right. While the company right. went into crisis mode. Yeah. Very interesting. Sheila, can you tell us some of the reasons why our listeners uh, might want to consider pursuing corporate board service? If, if they haven't thought about it and they, ju- they just listen to our show every week, and, you know, lo and behold, they're here today and we're talking about women in the boardroom. What is a, a realistic expectation of, of, you know, well, uh, no, well, let me jump too. around. Yeah. 
let, let's go back to the why first, because the why, I think, has to clearly precede the how. Yeah, absolutely. So why pursue board service? Well, first of all, it's an amazing intellectual challenge. You know, you're working with smart, talented people on complex issues that require sharp thinking. And, you know, you're learning about new industries, products, and services, and we're we're life learners, right? I mean, you should always be learning, so that's a good thing. Plus, you, it's service to others, lending that guidance and advice to CEOs and helping companies reach their best potential. It certainly could be a fulfilling second career, you know. If mm-hmm. you know, some board directors are saying, listen, I, I just want to exclusively now serve on boards because I want a different lifestyle from that day-to-day intensity of that executive job. Right. Um, you know, but still being able to apply their skills in a stimulating way, right? Um, it's it's also in an enhanced resume and reputation. I mean, people right. that are serving on boards are this ever-growing, you know, circle of powerful people. And it really does help elevate you to the next level in your career. Um, you know, the one thing I, I, I hear from everybody is that, no matter what their motivation is, they all say, I end up getting more out of serving on that board than I feel like I give. <laughs> wow. Well, I know that certainly was my experience. Uh, last year I, I worked for uh, a, a large public company, board of directors, for about seven months, and uh, it was incredible. And I love the thinking uh, that that took place. You, you know, m- much of it was on the phone uh, which I would have preferred to have have uh, face-to-face. But uh, a lot of board meetings do happen over the telephone, right? So it, it doesn't necessarily mean you have to be in, the, in proximity to the company or you have to be traveling to them all the time. Is that is that your experience? You know, actually it's not. But I do know that companies are going, you know, towards more of that, you know, um, phone, you know, virtual meetings. Right. And, they're right. kind of catching up, <laughs> but um, I think it's still important to have the face-to-face ones too for that top job. Right. right? And well, the the uh, the experience that I had, we were working on a special project, right? And I was working. Oh with yes, for committee audit. meetings. I was and working with like the audit that. committee, yeah. which was was primarily uh, people who were. Well, they were all non-executive, right? And they they uh, were on the audit committee because they didn't have a vested interest in in some of the decisions that had to be made uh, by the folks that owned the company. But, yes. Uh, oh anyway, no, for committee uh, meetings, yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, I thought you meant the actual board meetings. No, committee meetings right. do typically happen over the phone. Got it. Got it. So you have done a, a series of. Uh, events in, in person where you get folks together. So the women that you're coaching on a one-on-one basis, do they have relationships to one another? So once they get on the board, do they have somebody they can call and say, oh, my gosh, this happened to me. Are you experiencing the same thing? Uh, you know, so is there camaraderie amongst the women in the boardroom that, that you're coaching? Yes and no. I mean, we have a lot of, you know, we do do a lot of in-person programs. Um, and so, yes, there are many that are meeting each other, but typically what happens is, you know, our VIP members are these senior-level executive women who are extremely busy, and they don't have time right. for those events, right? They need 
So I need, you know, you always have to focus on your target market and what your goal is. And my goal really is to help them get that board seat, to help them navigate that path and help them stay on track in doing the work that it takes. Because, you know, women, we love to set these goals for ourselves, and then we let everybody else take that number one spot. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm there to help them, hey, remember, this is your goal. What are you, you know, what have you done for it lately, right? Um, right. And and so, yes, of course, when they are um, needing to reach out, you know, they can reach out to me with any question. If I don't know the answer, I'm able to get it for them. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, when, you know, with our VIP members who do come to the in, you know, person events, they're absolutely making these great connections. And there's, you know, one um, annual event that we have per year that I really want the women to be there not only to build that, you know, camaraderie between each other, but we also have a lot of male nominating chairs at that event. <laughs> so I want them oh, to be, wow. yeah, I want them to be um, connected to those people as well. Right, right. And you also do some uh, remote events where, where you've got one of your coaches who is sharing, uh, you know, the wisdom, and I, I would guess you would have some dialogue that goes back and forth on those events. And, and I was looking at the one that you're having in the fall that is what to do and not to do in the boardroom. Can you give us a little little insight into the not to do? Um, yeah. So, I, you know, certainly you don't want to speak up just to say something, right? Yes. We've always we've been in those meetings where people just repeat what you've just said. Um, you definitely do not want to come to the meeting unprepared. That is mm-hmm. the first and foremost. You need to make sure that you are reading those board packets and really being up to date with what's going on and and you know list out your questions ahead of time and you know make sure that you're staying on top of that company put set google alerts for them and right. you know stay really on top of what's going on and hey set google alerts for the competition as well so the biggest you know for that one is to not be prepared <laughs> right so you you talked about uh, not not really being tied up in the numbers so much, but you know I, I just had a conversation this morning. I'm I'm here um, at a client location, and we were talking to them about their board, right? And and about boards that um, only have equity shareholders on the board, which theirs does, and the importance of having that outside view. And as an entrepreneur, uh, my last company, uh, we only had executives and investors on the board. And I begged our prime, our lead investor to let me put some outside uh, people on the board because I thought we needed that perspective. Um, do you have any any recommendations on that front? Well, I think that a smart board always has a matrix of what they, you know, what skill sets they need on that board. Right, mm-hmm. and in that case, they sh- certainly should have, a, you know, on their list should be someone who is independent thinking. 
Yeah, and I, I, I personally find that so valuable. And you also talked about uh, advisory boards and, and uh, you know, women who tend to just slot themselves there and, and not really get all the way into the boardroom. One of the things I did early on in my career was I, because I had a consulting firm, I would help companies form their advisory boards. I would chair the advisory board and insist that I be a non-voting member of the board so that I could bridge you know, the learning that I was getting from the advisory board, uh, you know, in, into the boardroom. So I had a lot of boardroom experience there. Um, do you have a progression, you know, when, when somebody comes to you and, and they don't have all of the right credentials, um, how do you get them ready uh, for their first board role? Well, what or do, you do you mean by credentials? Because, I'm sorry, what? Or do I what? Right, or do you just turn them away? Right? Do you just say, "Listen, you know, realistically, you're not you're not a board candidate." Is that ever the right answer? Well, absolutely. For us, yes. I mean, maybe for another group, it's not. But I feel the need to really just focus on the senior level executive women. So, if you're not a senior level executive woman, then no, you can't join our VIP program. I right. have to make sure that. My reputation is one where um, the companies continue to come to us with their board openings. If all of a sudden right. I'm known as somebody that just wants to help all women, well, that's you can't be everything to everyone. You have to, you right. have to, you know, choose where you're going to be. So, yeah, you know, I mean, if you're not qualified, I mean, it's you can still. We have over 60 amazing webinars that have been recorded over the years and there's so mm -hmm. much information and so much knowledge on those that I mean we're not going to stop women who aren't at that VIP level from learning and watching them I'm just not going to focus you know spend my time in um, you know helping guide them when it's not realistic right right because you mentioned you know that taking board certification courses, they're going out and getting, you know, a specific degree to ready you, you know, for, for being in a role isn't isn't the track that, that you're on. Uh, but I, it sounds to me like it's because you're you're already getting people with the fundamental skill sets uh, to be able to walk into those roles. So you don't walk into the finance committee of or, or the audit committee uh, without some, some deep financial experience. Right. Well, absolutely. I mean, you have to have knowledge of financials. You don't have to be a right. financial expert. You don't have to know how to do the deep dive, but you do know you do know need to know how to read financial statements. And oh, you course. know, I mean, we have by for instance with our our webinars, I mean, we have this three-part series on you know, reading financial statements. So you know, if, if if a member feels that they need to brush up because they're, you know, maybe they're an attorney and they're not working with financials all the time, then mm -hmm. they can watch that webinar series and have their brush up. Right, right. So, Sheila, what what is the ideal um, candidate in in your mind as 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 you look uh, to have other people learn about women in the boardroom, which is, of course, what this radio show is about, of, of uh, you know, someone has already decided this. So, so in, in, the, in your first couple of questions, so someone calls you and, and, you know, they say, Sheila, you know, heard about women on, in the boardroom and I'm interested in your VIP membership. What are the first three questions you ask them? 
Um, I actually don't ask them questions. Okay. <laughs> I would have I would do the research on them before we even talked. Great. So, yeah, I mean, you know, usually I don't get those phone calls. Usually it's an email, right? So I see their name right there. I'm able to look them up. We then send them information on our program. I mean, I have a, a, a video that I would send them that gives them all of the information about what it is that we do and makes it very clear about the expectations. I mean, it's just you need to put in some time on this. You know, if I always tell our VIP members, okay, if you don't have an extra five to ten hours a month that you can put towards working towards this, then don't do it. Right. Yeah. But, I mean, I think you're wondering what it is that I'm looking for about them, and it is that senior level, you know, executive role that I'm looking right. for and the length of time in that and the, what they've accomplished. But, yeah, if they are an entrepreneur of a very large company and, you know, they've been very successful, then absolutely that that's a great fit too. Right. Well, you know, in my job, and, and you know, I'll get a call from somebody who wants us to consult with them, and, and consulting isn't actually my, my core uh, day job anymore. Uh, but I do, I do take the occasional consulting job because it sounds interesting. But one of the first things I do is, uh, of course, that, that same level of research. Um, what, do you, what are you finding today about people's willingness to put information out there about themselves uh, so do you begin by seeing if they have a LinkedIn profile? You know, do you look for news? What are the key parts of your research um, that people who think that they might want to be, uh, you know, being groomed to be on a board, what should they be focusing their attention on? Well, LinkedIn, absolutely. I mean, everybody's using LinkedIn today and, you know, in the business world at least, right? And there's so many times where, you know, people will look you up on LinkedIn and decide whether they even want to talk to you. So Right. So having yeah. having the photo where you cut out your family out of the picture is probably not the winning uh, start on your profile. Exactly. Right. And, you know, thank goodness, I mean, the level of people we're dealing with, that's not even an issue, right? But you certainly need to make sure that you have your LinkedIn profile update and that it's really, you know, speaking to that level, right? So um, that's really what I'm using. I certainly will Google them just to see if anything, any red flags are immediately popping up. Right. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, you know, I, I tell people uh, all the time about how important LinkedIn is. And, and just this last year, I, w I went and actually paid to have a, a photo shoot done because I had exactly in my mind what, what I was looking for and what I wanted to see. Um, and, you know, it really doesn't cost much. But the, the photo, or, or worse, I mean, I, I think I get completely turned off. Oh, I know I get completely turned off when someone doesn't have a photo at all. They just have have their name and, and they, you know, might even have a really great profile and really great background, but it always makes me wonder, what are they hiding? You know, what is it that caused them not to want to have a photo at all? Yeah, and I guess I'd rather have them not, for me, I'd rather have them not have a photo than have one of the, you know, some bizarre picture right. that we've seen. <laughs> right, so, yeah. right, right. I, you know, I, listen, I don't, need someone's LinkedIn 
profile to be 100% perfect. That's not, you know, it's really kind of part of my job and is to help them with that as well. So right. I'm just, I'm looking at what they've accomplished and, mm-hmm. you know, what their achievements are. So I'm not expecting their LinkedIn profile to be perfect when I'm looking at it. I just want to right. see what kind of experience they have. Great, great. Well, Sheila, what have I not asked you that that is, is really a critical part of getting senior level executive women into the corporate boardroom, which is I know your your primary mission in life? Yeah, well, I mean, I guess the only thing, you know, that I really would want the women to know is that, you know, they need to really figure out if this is something that they want to do. They need to create a plan to help take them there, right? They have to set – they. With any goal, you have to make a plan, right? Right. And then right. to continue, you know, to develop a reputation of excellence and show leadership in their main job and industry first, right? Right. And, um, you know, really assess your skill set and figure out what you can bring to the table, and, and we certainly can help you with that. Remember mm-hmm. to always bring your A game to whatever you do because people are watching you, you know, dress well, be prepared, show up for every meeting, um, and certainly don't be working your smartphone under the table because we all know you're doing it. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> you know, certainly always be working on that brand, on your personal brand, and realizing right. that no matter what comes out of your mouth, that is your brand. And, um, you know, and make sure that you're letting people know that you are interested in, in serving on a corporate board don't assume that they know that i mean even when you brought up that you know situation with your client where you know have you told them that you're interested in in board service right or that you would be interested in it but you also have to be very specific when you're telling people that you're interested in corporate board service you know think about it if someone comes to you and says hey tiki i am looking for a new job well if you don't if you're not give you know that person isn't giving you specifics on, well, I'm looking for, you know, this type of company and this right. is the job that I want. So, with you know, it's the same thing with corporate board service. So, you need to be able to know, am I looking for, you know, public or private, what size company, and what are the industries? And then this is what I can bring to the table. So, you need to be very specific with that. Right, right. And so then, she you know, really for one of- networking. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, no, no, uh, that's right where I was going is uh, you, you have a very interesting quote on, on your website uh, about networking, and so that was really the last point I wanted to uh, to talk about. Now, I know you help folks do that networking, and I'm not sure that, that most people, especially if they, you know, have, have worked lots of hours at their current job, they may not be networked enough outside of their own company or, you know, definitely outside of their own industry. Uh, to even know who to network with. Right. Well, now I'm curious, what was my quote on the website that you had you intrigued? Um, I am going back to that oh, okay. website. Okay, that, well, while you're doing that. The Internet is I'm... a little bit slow here. Oh, uh, okay. Oh, here it is. So the, the, the secret to networking is to be fearless, sincere, honest, and frank. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I'm all about being yourself, your true authentic self, and you got to put it out there. You have to ask. 
you cannot assume that people know, right? And to bring, you know, to circle back to what your question was or, you know, when you brought up the they might have just been so head down, but I will tell you that when we're going through the networking process of it, process of our program, so many of our members don't think they have anybody in their network. And when I'm giving them ideas on who to think about and you know, it's really those influencers and connectors that you'd known or, you know, that you met twenty years ago or you could have met them last week at some social event, right? But it's thinking right. about those people and getting them down on paper and not forgetting about them again. I mean, how many times have you run into Joe, who you've known for 10 years, and you ran into him last week, and you're like, oh, my God, I haven't talked to Joe in two years. <laughs> we do exactly. that all the time. We're humans, right? So right. We, we just need to do a better job of keeping track of our network. And, you know, I'm a master networker, so I know I can give – these women some really great ideas on how to stay in touch with these people, by the way, where it's not all me, me, me either. Right. Right. Well, and that is just so important. Well, you know, I love what you guys do and, and you begin with assessing the skill set, which, you know, is clearly critical. And if there is some skill gap, you know, we all know that there's so many resources to fill those gaps and whether it's, Oh, you know, if you just had this one job under your belt and it's like, oh, well, you know, I just talked to somebody last week and they've got an opening and, you know, perhaps I can move into that. And after a year, then, you know, then this can be my next role. Um, you've talked a little about the board bio. Uh, you know, we're not going to go into that in depth, but, you know, you, if they don't have one, you help them create one. And and the last piece of, of the puzzle, which uh, I love the terminology here, is that you help people launch a successful board campaign Mm -hmm. and you know it's funny uh, and this is kind of a non sequitur but when I was 33 I was single and had never been married and you know I was talking to somebody and I said you know I'm really lonely I you know I just I had never pictured myself single at 33 and I was a a managing director at American Airlines at the time and and had a very very uh, exciting job uh, as managing director of Latin America for the technology division and, you know, they, they started asking me about my work and, and about how I plan and how I accomplish things. And they said, why don't you come up with a campaign for finding a husband? And I thought, yeah, you know, I never actually thought about that. So it's the same kind of thing. And, I, you know, again, that was a kind of silly non sequitur. But thinking no, but about it's, it's this really as a great campaign. Point. Yeah, <laughs> yes, Absolutely. So, Sheila, tell folks how they can find out more about you. Uh, You've mentioned that you've got videos and you've got different membership offerings. Where do they find that information? Well, it's all on our website at womeninthebordroom.com. Terrific. Well, our show today has been with Sheila Ronning, the founder of Women in the Boardroom. And if you believe that uh, this is something that you aspire to and want to see if you're ready uh, I highly recommend that you get in touch with Sheila's organization. Um, it, you know, it really is a great way. Uh, you know, I, I like the thought of this in career, and some uh, two of the women who are on the, the Orbit Board of Directors uh, on, were also in their second career. They had been, you know, CIO and CFO uh, in their previous uh, companies, but they decided uh, they wanted to go with that lifestyle, and I, I love that thought. Uh, once you're ready to get out of uh, the day-to-day of of an executive position. Yeah. 
Yeah. Exactly That's right. Terrific. Yeah. Thank now, you. Now, Sheila, do you have do you have links on your website uh, to uh, any social media presence where they can follow you? Oh, yes, I see it down on. Yeah, on the absolutely. Right, and and thank you because I wanted to mention too that we have a very active LinkedIn group called Women in the Boardroom. So, oh, I mean, great. that is you know that's open to anybody um, to engage in those conversations, and I think you know it's like we have close to seven thousand members on there. And oh, then, nice. um, you know, our Twitter account, of course. Um, but LinkedIn is really, you know, and uh, our LinkedIn group is very active. Well, excellent. Well, Sheila, thank you so much for your time today. And, uh, again, for those of you who have joined us, we really appreciate you being on the show today. And for more information about the Executive Girlfriends Group, just go to executivegirlfriendsgroup.com. We also have a Facebook page, both public and our private uh, member-only group. So thank you so much for joining us, and we look forward to seeing you next week. Take care.